If you have your Bibles, go with me to Luke chapter 1 today. We'll also be in 1 Peter chapter 1. What are the basic things that you need in life in order to survive? What are those basic things? Well, you have an event like we had a couple weeks ago with the ice storm, and it reminds you that at the foundation you need food, water, and shelter to survive. If you don't have those things, very quickly you begin wanting those things. Well, we need relationships to survive. You go into a prison setting, and one of the worst things you can do to a criminal is to give them solitary confinement, where they are away from all people for an extended period of time. People do not do well without relationships. And I would also submit to you that one of the things that humankind needs to survive and thrive is hope. We desperately, as people, need hope. In our lives, medical personnel will tell you that hope is a vital part of healing. When someone starts giving up hope, disease begins to set in. Uh, In Dante's Inferno, he describes hell as having a sign above the door that says, Abandon all hope, ye who enter. Victor Frankl, the uh, Auschwitz survivor, discusses, uh, discussed during his time there in the concentration camp, that one of the things that he learned was that the Nazis could take away all of his things, but that they could not take away his hope. Hope was what kept him going. Now, Mary was a young woman that was full of hope. In fact, historically, Mary and hope have always been connected together. Her story is a familiar one. We see it in Luke chapter 1 and verse 26, and I think it's fitting that during the Christmas season we read this passage of Scripture. So look with me to Luke 1, verse 26. The Bible says, In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth, to a virgin engaged to a man named Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came to her and said, Rejoice, favored woman, the Lord is with you. But she was deeply troubled by this statement, wondering what kind of greeting could this be. And then the angel told her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Now listen, you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will call his name Jesus. And he will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will have no end. Mary asked the angel, How can this be, since I have not been intimate with a man? And the angel replied to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. And consider your relative Elizabeth. Even she has conceived a son in her old age, and this is the sixth month for her who was called childless. For nothing will be impossible with God. I am the Lord's slave, said Mary. May it be done to me according to your word. And then the angel left her. Now, Mary was a bride. And all brides have hope. Whenever brides and grooms stand before me and I conduct a wedding ceremony, one of the things that is always present is hope. 
He's always an honored guest at weddings. Brides look forward to their life with their husband. They look forward to what might be down the path. And then Mary finds out she's going to be a mom. Now, all moms have hope for their children, don't you, moms? You have hopes for your kids, don't you? Especially early on, whenever they're starting out, you have hope that my child will be born with good health. You have hope that you'll be in a loving relationship with your child. You hope that one day your child uh, experiences love in their life, and you hope that your child does well in school. I know I hope that my children make wise decisions. You hope that your children will move out, right? Right? That's one of your hopes, right? Move out. Uh, You hope that whenever you get old, if you're not able to, that they will take care of you and and care for your needs whenever you are uh, old yourself. We all have hope for our children. Mary was a young woman that was just full of hope. Now, it may be interesting to you to know that when the Bible talks about hope, its meaning is a little different than what we normally think of as Americans. Normally, whenever we think of hope, we think of something like wishful thinking. Uh, Hope for us might be that if I think on something long enough, then perhaps it will come into existence. I'm just going to think good thoughts. So if you're an Aggie fan, you hope that Johnny Manziel comes back for another season. You hope that he wins the Heisman Trophy. If you're a Longhorn fan, you hope that Nick Saban is the next coach. But ultimately, all of that is just wishful thinking. Uh, you're, you're just thinking good thoughts, positive thoughts, hoping that then maybe it might come to, to fruition. And, and if I think enough positive thoughts, then, then hope floats. In fact, some preachers actually teach this as faith. They, they teach the idea that if you just think the right thoughts or say the right words, that then it will turn into reality and that wishful thinking is faith. But biblical hope and biblical faith are so much more than just wishful thinking. Others think that hope is blind optimism. I'm just going to be a very optimistic person, and if I'm optimistic, I am demonstrating hope. And so you try to be very exuberant and happy and and think only good thoughts and and be that positive person. Now, I enjoy positive people. I would much rather hang around Tigger than Eeyore. I I like positive people. Any of you guys have any wet blankets in your life? Any people that are just wet blankets? You know, their, their favorite words are, yeah, but, you know, whatever you say, Oh, yeah, that's good, but... And here comes the wet blanket they're throwing onto your hopes. I mean, those folks, buy them a dryer for Christmas or something like that so they can dry their blanket. Goodness, I mean, people, no one really enjoys being around negative people. And I think sometimes we have to do a little bit of a soul check here and ask ourselves this question. Have I become a negative, cynical person? Because that is really easy to have happen to you, particularly in modern American culture. You just become that person that is always shooting down everybody else's thoughts. You're always, anything someone says positive, you always have to have the counterbalance, and you think you're actually brilliant, but what you're actually being is annoying, okay? And and we all enjoy being around positive people, but sometimes optimists, they use hope as a means to deny reality, 
well, I'm doing really well financially. Yeah, I just declared bankruptcy, but, you know, things are looking up now, you know. Uh, yeah, Johnny's, Johnny just got out, kicked out of school. He can't go back to school, but hey, at least he's not tardy anymore, you know. Uh, we're being positive here, right? You know, I mean, hope is more than just blind, positive, or blind optimism. Uh, it's sort of like the sign on the bulletin board at the grocery store. It said, lost, dog with three legs, blind in the left eye. Missing the right ear, tail broken, recently fixed, answers to the name Lucky. Now, you can call that dog Lucky all you want, but that's not a lucky dog. You can be optimistic, but being optimistic doesn't necessarily mean that hopes are going to come to fruition. Wishful thinking and blind optimism is not what the Bible is talking about when it discusses hope. So you say, okay, well, Lash, I certainly hope that you will get to the point, okay? Tell me what biblical hope is. Well, for most people, hoping is something that you do. But in the Bible, hope is something that you can have, something that you can possess. It's, it's real. You see, hope is more than wishful thinking or blind optimism. Hope is one of the greatest gifts that God gives us. And God wraps hope, and He lays it next to the other gifts that He gives us. Gifts like faith, gifts like love, gifts like grace. And He takes that hope, and He places it under the tree of our life. You see hope in 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 3. You, you see an idea of what biblical hope is. The Bible says, Praise the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to His great mercy, He has given us new birth into a living, and here's our word, into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that is imperishable, uncorrupted, and unfading, kept in heaven for you. So several things about hope here. First of all, our hope is found through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Through the resurrection of Christ, we have the reality that there is life eternal, that there is more than just the temporal world and the pain and then the struggle that we go through here on earth. Through the resurrection of Christ, God has proved His power over life and death. He has proved that He keeps promises. Biblical hope, according to the passage, promises forgiveness and grace. It promises that we do not walk through this life alone, that God walks with us, that He is side by side with us through this journey that we call life. Biblical hope promises that good can emerge from the problems that we are going through. And biblical hope, first and foremost, means that at the end of our earthly journey, eternal life awaits. I think that heaven is probably the most underdeveloped doctrine in Christianity. We don't really dive into the depths of heaven enough. We talk about it in the sense of it's going to be really cool, you know, streets of gold and rivers of life, and I've got a mansion just over the hilltop, you know, those kind of things. We talk about it when somebody dies, and we talk about the comfort that we have 
in knowing that heaven is, is real. But we don't often think of heaven in the, in the concept that at heaven, in heaven, the eternal aspect of heaven, God makes all things right. That, that heaven represents the fact that all this injustice and all this sin and all the saturation of sin that is in the world around us, that God, is, God has a day where he is coming again where all things will be made new and we will live in a world that is not stained by sin any longer. Where there is eternal life and there is hope. Through heaven, we have the reality that no matter what I'm going through today, there is a day coming when I will be in heaven with God. That there is a place called home at the end of the journey that I'm on today. Hebrews 6 and verse 19 says, we have this hope, this hope of heaven, this hope of refuge, of strength. It says, we have this hope as an anchor for our lives, safe and secure. You see, if you haven't developed the doctrine of heaven in your own theology, you're always feeling insecure because you're still living too much in the temporal. It's when your life gets anchored in the hope of eternity, when your life gets anchored in the blessed hope of who God is, what he's done for us, the meaning that he gives for us today, and the sustaining power that he has for us tomorrow. When our life gets anchored in that, that's when we really find that strength and that power. You see, the only way for hope to be real is for your hope to be anchored in something that is real. If your hope is just anchored in wishful thinking, if your hope is just anchored in blind optimism, that's not real. But to anchor your hope in Christ, that's real. And the Scriptures teach us that our lives are safe and secure, that we have refuge and strong encouragement when our lives are anchored in the hope that God has given you. Hope is a gift that God has given you, that God will prevail no matter the circumstances that we are facing. He's given us hope. Now let's get back to Mary. Here she is, so many hopes for her life, hopes for a marriage, hopes for her son, hopes for her own self, and then early in her life, and Mary was probably a teenager whenever all this went down, early in her life, her life begins meeting pain. She finds out she's going to be pregnant by the Holy Spirit. Now you say, that's a great event. Well, is also going to put her in a situation of ridicule and scorn. Caused her to have her marriage almost end. Caused her a lot of pain whenever she found out she was going to give birth to the Son of God. Well, then her hope meets pain because she has to go on a road trip to pay her taxes. Then her hope meets pain whenever she gives birth in a stable. I don't know of any ladies that tell me that the stable is the place that they want to give birth. And then her hope meets pain when she has to lay her newborn in a feeding trough. We romanticize it. We call it the manger because feeding trough doesn't sound good in a song. Away in the feeding trough. 
Doesn't sound right, does it? No. But it's a feeding trough. Then she has to flee for her life to Egypt. Her hope was meeting pain all over the place. Eventually, she moves back to Nazareth. At some point in Jesus' early life, Joseph dies because we don't see him on the scene at all once Jesus begins his ministry. Her son grows up. People don't understand him. In fact, many of his own brothers think he's crazy. The religious leaders who were respected in the community are plotting to kill her son, and then the Roman Empire crucifies him. If Mary's hope were merely wishful thinking or blind optimism, then her hope would have died in chronic disappointment. Now, historically, Mary is always associated with hope. And I asked myself this question, why is that? And I think it's because Mary knew that her hope was in the Lord. Her hope wasn't in the circumstances around her. Her hope was in the Lord. You see, she put her hope in the reality that God is who he says he is, that God would take care of her, that God would be there for her. And if God was calling her to these circumstances, then she was the Lord's servant. She put her hope in God, knowing that he would take her through even the difficult moments of life. She put her hope in God, knowing that God had a home for her at the end of this journey we call life. She was a person full of hope. And we see that in the passage that we call Mary's song. In Luke chapter 1 and verse 46, Mary proclaims this after hearing the news. She says, my My soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord, and my spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior because he has looked with favor on the humble condition of his slave. Surely from now on all generations will call me blessed because the Mighty One has done great things for me, and his name is holy. His mercy is from generation to generation on those who fear him. He has done a mighty deed with his arm. He has scattered the proud because of the thoughts of their hearts. He has toppled the mighty from their thrones and exalted the lowly. He has satisfied the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, mindful of his mercy, just as he spoke to our ancestors, to Abraham and his descendants forever. Now let me bring all this together into Four thoughts. If you've been checking email or Facebook, come back to me at this point, okay? I know you'd never do that during church, right? Four thoughts here. Number one, true hope is a gift that God gives. It's something that God gives us. It's a reality. It's not just wishful thinking or blind optimism. Number two, true hope is anchored in Christ. If you're looking within yourself for hope, if you're just hoping to find uh, fulfillment from around you, you're always going to be disappointed because true hope is anchored in Christ. It's in Christ that we have forgiveness. It's in Christ that we have grace. It's in Christ that life finds definition and meaning. It's in Christ 
that we see how we love. It's in Christ that we experience love. It's in Christ that we have healing of our soul. It's through Christ that we have healing of our bodies. It's in Christ that we have life. It's in Christ that we have light. It's in Christ that we have eternity. And all those things that we find in Christ, the Bible says, this is my hope. This is the gift. This is my blessed hope. This is, this is what's at the end of the journey. This is what takes care of me during this journey that we call life. Number three, the pains of life are temporary when I have hope. The problems that I face today in no way change my hope. Do you have any problems in your life today? Take inventory of your life right now. Any problems there? Problems with the kids? Problems financially? Problems with your work? Problems with your health? Problems in the marriage? Problems. We all have problems. I've said it many times. Pain is the common denominator of man. We all have pain. We all have problems. Pains of life are temporary, though, when I have hope. True hope anchored in Christ. Number four, hope is what keeps you going one day at a time. Having real hope, having a place called home, having hope in Christ, that's what keeps you going one day, little by little, you keep on going one day at a time because you have hope, and your hope is not just blind optimism. Your hope is not just wishful thinking, but your hope is grounded in something that is real, and because of that, you keep going one day at a time. Living your life as a person of hope. My freshman year of college, I attended a little Bible college up in Springfield, Missouri. I later transferred to Dallas Baptist University, go Patriots, and, and uh, had a good time there. But uh, freshman year, I was homesick, and I remember Christmas time, I couldn't wait to get home. And so uh, my buddy and I, we loaded up our cars, and we headed home for Christmas vacation. And so we were cruising down the highway. It's about a four or five hundred mile drive. Is that about right, Roger? From Springfield to Fort Worth, four or five hundred miles. And so it's a good little drive for an eighteen year old to be out on the highway like that. And and we were cruising down the highway, making good time. And we hit Durant, Oklahoma. I understand if you live north of Oklahoma City, it's Durant. If you live south of Oklahoma City, it's Durant. Okay. But we hit Durant, Oklahoma. And when we hit that city a major ice storm blew in. I mean, it was equivalent to the type of ice storm we had here a few days ago. And, and here I am, 18 years old, 300 miles away from, from home, uh, driving down the highway in a major ice storm. And all, all of a sudden, my car was going everywhere around the highway. I mean, there were some scary scary moments. We were sliding, and I remember there was one time I think the Lord just really stopped my car. I was headed towards this hill, and, and I was sliding, and I had no brake, and then just about six inches before I get to the edge of the hill, the car, the car stops. And, and I, I, I wanted to just pull off on the side of the road and just kind of, but I, I couldn't. I, it wasn't my option. And so I eventually realized that if I just kept on going very slowly, 10, 20 miles per hour, that I could get enough traction to keep on moving. And so very slowly, 
we just cruised on down the highway, 10, 20 miles per hour. Eventually, we had to change routes and go a different direction than we anticipated. But I had a hope. My hope was home. After a while, the ice quit falling and the road got a little bit better. And so, in time, I pulled my car into the place that I call home. And I walked in and was greeted by my family. And I was thinking about that in light of this idea of hope. You see, God has a hope for your life. God has dreams for your life. And there is a place of hope that we call heaven, a place called home. And during the course of life, sometimes we find ourselves in the midst of ice storms. Sometimes we find ourselves cruising down the path and we think everything's good. We got the music up on the radio and life is good. And then before you know it, you're slipping and sliding and you're about to run off the road. And you're like, Lord, help me. Help me. And he says, just keep going. Keep going. You may have to slow down. There may be some danger. You may even have to go some different routes than what you planned. But I've given you hope. And whenever you have hope, little by little, you can keep going one day at a time because eventually you arrive at that place we call home. And you're welcomed by your family, and it's warm. And God is there, reminding you that He was with you all through the journey. There is hope. Christmas is about hope. And if you're a believer in Christ, hope is something real. Live in it. Believe in it. Spread it to others. The thrill of hope. Would you be so kind as to stand with me, please, as we bow our heads and we come to a time of commitment? For someone here today, it it may be that you've never really experienced the hope of God. You need Christ as your Lord and Savior. It's what we call being saved. It's that moment in life where you realize your need of Christ and His forgiveness. And if that's you today, I, I would love to talk with you. If you would come during this next song, I'll be here at the front, and I would love to talk to you then. I'll also be here in this room after the service, and would love to talk to you about what it means to be a believer in Christ. There are others here in this room today that you find yourself kind of slipping and sliding down the road of life. Perhaps you've had to slow down. Perhaps you've had to change routes. Perhaps you've grown weary. Perhaps you're at that point where your hope has diminished And you need God to give you new hope. I want to remind you again that God loves you. That God has given you a gift. And right beside grace and faith and love, God has packaged hope in your life. Embrace it. Live in it. Be a person of hope. Part of the story of Christmas is experiencing the thrill of hope. The thrill of what it means to be alive in Christ. And your life can make a difference. You can impact those people around you. 
You can be that person, that voice of hope in a world that is often hopeless. Father, thank you for this church. Thank you for these people. I thank you for the families. I thank you for the friendships. The fact that many of us are living life together. That in this room there are people that we can call on whenever life gets rough. And they'll be there. I thank you, Lord, that life is so much more than just the moment. Because sometimes in the moment we get discouraged. That hope is so much more than just good thoughts or wishful thinking. Because that hope always diminishes with pain. I thank you, Lord, that hope is grounded in Christ. It's anchored in Him. And that you've given it to us as a gift. May we live and share the thrill of hope. In Jesus' name, amen.